0: You have the confidence that you can accept them off.
1: As a point of interest, none of my men wear protection in the morning. None. After all, you wouldn't want
0: your attacker to get injured.
1: I hurt my foot.
2: We're live. We're live. Welcome, everyone. Good evening uh, on this gorgeous Monday evening. Well, I, there may be storms where you are in the DFW area, so hope you're safe, you're cozy, um, and but we're here. We're here to talk about soccer. We're here to talk about FC Dallas. We're here to talk about a bunch of draws. FC Dallas on the road at Chicago, 0-0. Uh, North Texas SC on the road at Tacoma Defiance, 1-1, but with the penalty shootout. Two points there, and finally the World Cup draw for 20, Qatar 2022. Really, a, a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of fun things. Uh, we even have a cat live on the, the the stream here to bring you the high quality entertainment. This is this this is exclusive. Oh, and the cat's messing with the mic even. This you don't get this on other podcasts and other live streams. you just don't. you don't get this quality, so of, of production. So we're glad you're here. I'm Nathan. You can follow me at Nathan J. Hill on Twitter. there there in the middle is Jose at El Chico Carmona. Hello. and at the end, our Buddy Ishmael at Belcora Isma on Twitter. And hey, Tommy, Tommy, oh yeah, yeah. and Tommy LeBuff may be joining us here in a few minutes. Uh, he'll pop on and join us as we get going here. So let's just uh, let's start with the top. Let's start uh, before we get to World Cup stuff. Let's just start with our two teams that we follow here on the live stream specifically uh, with FC Dallas. First, FC Dallas traveled to Chicago. And yeah, the, the conditions on the field were not ideal for a good flowing game of soccer. It was a mess out there. It was that wet Chicago feeling out there. But, it, and I wrote this today in my After Dark post. Something we saw with, with Luchi Ball over the past couple of years. And really, it's always a challenge for most teams in Major League Soccer. It's getting points out on those away matches. It is so hard to do in Major League Soccer. It, you're at such a, a disadvantage because of travel and stuff. Um, and then, but but so FC Dallas goes to Chicago, holds them to a 0-0 draw. Maybe not the prettiest game in the world. But hey, they came away with a point and and, and you take it at the end of the day. What were y'all's uh, reactions to the match? H- Jose, we'll start with you. And I'll, I'll play some highlights while, while we, we chat about the about the game.
1: Well, you know, I was happy that they got the point like everybody else. I think some people, depending on how you look at it, some people will say, we're lucky we didn't concede and lose. And then there's some that will say we should have won. And honestly, I I don't know what to take from this. Uh, performance because of the weather being so bad. I mean, we're talking it was like uh, uh, freezing rain out there. Uh, It was just you saw people sliding around. Maybe some of those bad tackles were a result of people just not being able to stay on their feet and whatnot. So so I don't want to take too much from this match. I, I will say that it's still one of the better uh, road performances we've seen from this team in years, so, so I mean that says a lot about how how horrible we were on the road under under Lucci. And I mean, if this is something to build on, then then I think we can at least be happy that 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 the good showing uh, uh, at, at New England and then this, it,
2: it's something to build on. Ismail, what do you yeah. think? Is this something to build on?
3: Yeah, I think we can't really take too much out of the performance. Uh, I don't really take that many positives. There, like the defense was again very good most of the time. Um, I just think it's it's difficult to extrapolate anything um, from this game. Uh, it was kind of like a very. Uh, very fast-paced, boring game where each team would start attacking and then lose the ball. And then start attacking and lose the ball. So, like, nothing happened, and yet they were always moving. It wasn't, like, sales. So, I mean, it was an interesting game. It's good to see that we can grind points on the road because, I mean, that's what playoff teams do. When they don't dominate a game, they... They try to get whatever they can from it. Um, uh, so, I mean, overall, I think it was a an okay score.
2: Yeah, you you take a point on the road in in this league, it can just be a big boost, especially if you end up dropping points at home, which FC Dallas already has. Um, so, any way you can make up that ground is it's it's a nice thing. I, it was funny, Ishmael, because as you were talking, as you began to talk, was that moment in the highlights where. Nanu was in on goal and really had one of the better, probably cleaner chances of the night and just really couldn't get much on the ball and went right to the keeper. You know, it it, it is hard in these conditions to, 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 to judge players because it, it's tough to play in that kind of weather. And yet um, when a chance comes, you got to take the chance. So I. I are, are you feeling any different about Nanu at, at this point in his fledgling FC Dallas career?
3: Well, you guys know how completely unbiased I am to his uh, to his possible replacement. I have no <laughs> opinions about Smachinowski, right? None at all. <laughs> um, but I mean, this, this like I know it's again, it's a small pool of data that we can take from it, and. I don't really want to make too many uh, claims, considering what happened when I made claims about Hey Zeus three games in. But at the same time, what we see from Nanu, it's he does the exact same thing every game. He doesn't have a very very skill a very very skill set. He runs on the touchline. He's very fast. He'll give you one to three great crosses in the game where it's like pinpoint. I mean, I don't think that really matters because Jesus can't really head the ball that well. And Hara can, but not really. So, I mean, his crosses generally when they're really good still don't do much of anything. Um, I just... Man, it's, it's kind of like... It's less the chance. The chance was disappointing but there were so many times in that game where he just runs straight. That's all he does. It's 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 almost like Obrean, but he gives you a little bit more mm-hmm. stuff, like skill set wise, like his crossing, his decision making is generally better, but like athletically that's all he does. He just runs on the touchline and that sometimes will lead to something great, like a counterattack, or it will just lead to him running into the defender and then leaving a massive gap in the back where you have to have hedges covering, which is always good. Hedges or packs which is always good, but they're 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 coming off injury ridden seasons and I don't know, man. I think hey, I'm gonna make the claim that Emma would finish that, but you know me, I have no biases.
1: I, I am so glad that you mentioned Obreon because having Obreon and Nanu on the same side was maddening. I, I'm i not kidding. I, I wasn't going to drink that day, and I started to drink because <laughs> I was sitting there watching this, getting infuriated watching these guys, you know, taking turns to see who could, like, out bad touch the other guy. And they both just run in a straight line. So I really, really missed Ariola, and so did this team. And, and I mean – maybe it's the field conditions, but you gotta think that Ariola I mean, would have at least led to a little bit more possession and maybe a couple more shots on goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, that I was, a no, that was maddening. Yeah. Please, I don't want to see that again. I mean, I'm mean, i sure we will, but maybe US Open Cup or something like that.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think what this tells me most of all is that when Obreon plays you can't play Nanu, but when Ariola, like when over Ob- yeah, when Obreon plays you can't play Nanu, but when Ariola plays, I think you can, because Ariola cuts inside. And that does give Nanu more space to just run, right? So I think when Obreon needs to start, when Ariola's getting called up, or if it's open cup games or just something like that, then you kind of have to play Tumasi. because remember Tumasi is did a lot like during last season like doing those I inside agreed which were like almost Hollingshead-like. We've compared him to Hollingshead last year a bunch of of times because he'd do that. And I think that just gives you a little bit of variety because when you have just two speedsters on the touchline just in the same area, just running and not doing anything, I don't know, for like a fast-paced, boring game, that's like the epitome of a fast-paced, boring
1: game right there. And then you combine that with Kineon... Yeah, just not a good uh, game. Uh, at the, you know, instead of cereal. He,
2: he just looked out of form. I mean, like that getting the yellow card so early, I mean, gosh. Uh,
1: he's got a gambling style, though. I mean, I, I'm not surprised by it because he – every game we've seen him, he's made some – a lot of diving tackles. And combined with the fact that he's not in form and that field, I mean – I'm I'm shocked he didn't get red carded. I'm shocked he was pushing. He was towing that line the whole game. We're like, good God, this man's going to leave us a 10 men, and we're, we're all just waiting on it.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, hey, let's listen to a couple of post-game reactions to the match, and then we'll, of course, talk about some other things. But uh, let's talk about Paul Arriola. Of course, Paul was out for this one because he uh, was dealing with an injury. And uh, here's Nico's. Uh, Nico was asked about that by a Chicago reporter.
3: Yeah, he has a, a minor uh, injury, in he's a doctor, and then we thought that, that he's better uh, for him to get treatment and, and rest, and it will be a day-by-day uh, situation uh, for him, uh, but he's a very minor uh, uh, injury, but it, it is better. In these particular cases, and you could see what we did also with Jesus and seeing what happened to Shakiri throughout the game. Uh, I think we made uh, the right call uh, making that decisions and resting
2: our players to make sure uh, keep them healthy. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Appreciate that from Nico. And especially in a game condition like this, and you got two guys coming back from the international break where they, they gave a good chunk of minutes, probably a good thing to just play it a little bit safe and keep two of your national team stars and your two team stars on the mend uh, and use them as needed. But you know, you, you kinda of was I was kinda of hoping out of this match when I saw the lineup that, that Frank O'Hara would have a good game or that that we would see some other guys step up. And while Velasco looked good, I think, was was part of some of the attacks and I think Paxton and Servania were were solid as well. Servania just so active. Uh, you know, you didn't see I just didn't see those guys step up. And O'Brien particularly for me was like just like, Come on. We we just we're just we're gonna need you to take your game to another level at some point um, or else he is going to be on that trade block on that potential selling block at some point to, to get another winger in uh, that, that could do fit a bit better and provide some better support. Um, although maybe Shun is that down the line here, but yeah, just, just disappointed. Obreon seemed like he might start the season fast, which would have helped. And now here we are and he's just sort of, he's Obreon. Yeah.
3: And I mean, it's kind of disappointing because I was one of the like doubters, like I remember our end of year pod when we were talking about Ovion. and most people were like, yes, he's frustrating, but at least he's getting the numbers, right? And I mean, that was kind of like the consensus because at the end of the year he started to bat goals. There's been no improvement. And I wouldn't say he's degressed. I just think it's the same as the start of last year just the same kind of playing style. I mean, you say you hope he gets on the chopping block if he continues to perform like this. I don't know, man. Lamar stayed here for like two, three years, I think, because yeah, he gets the numbers, but just is frustrating to play with. And it's a different kind of frustration uh, for his playing style, but it's it's kind of the same thing. And I mean, Obreon, I think at some point, He's, he's the only natural right winger on the team besides Areola. Right? And, I mean, we have wingers that can play that position. But at the end of the day, he is going to be a second choice behind Areola. And he will get minutes throughout the year. No matter no matter what, like, no matter, like, what happened. Like, if Areola gets injured, it's going to be overrun. It's not going to be Khalil or Shun. It's going to be overrun. He's going to get chances. It's just, man, if this, if this keeps going... He's he's still doing the diving thing, and I, and every time I see him dive, i mm-hmm. just I just want to just like shake my screen out of frustration because it doesn't work. I don't know why he keeps doing it. Yeah, it's just...
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I think I think we see his value. I mean, this is a guy that's going to be an excellent super sub, you know, running with his speed against tired legs. Same thing with uh, Hara, Hara comes in late and playing against tired legs that slowness that he has isn't as big as a uh, uh, you know an issue as it is at the beginning of the match so I think you're starting to see who are starting 11 are and who our backups are and you're starting to see a drop-off at some positions and that's that's where you know it's like okay you know Like you, you, so you can argue between Nanu and Tuomasi. I don't, I'm not sure there's any separation there yet, but there's definitely some separation on the wings and at Mm. forward and at midfield. There's some positions where there is some separation, and we're starting to see it.
2: Well, let's listen to Paxton Pomacole's uh, um, post game kind of comment just about about the match, about the draw.
3: I mean. Playing away, first of all, is never easy. Um, and then in those conditions, uh, it's one of the toughest conditions I've, I've played in personally. And, you know, growing up in the Texas wind, that's not fun either. But, I mean, it was like 35 degrees and raining. And the first half was okay. But by the second half, the grass was really long. And so, there started getting puddles everywhere. And it was just a messy game uh, altogether. And so, a lot of it was played in the middle of the field. Um but happy to come out with a clean sheet and, and, and get a point. Although, you know, of course, every game we play, we want three. It's, uh, considering everything it's yeah.
2: Happy to get one. Yeah. Happy to get one. I think that's kind of where we are. So we're okay with, we're okay with the draw. We move on back at home this coming weekend, um, against Colorado. Is that right? Um, yeah. 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 Before we
1: move on, I want to just say one last thing on the, on the fire. Um, FCD match and I want to point out that it's a missed opportunity for both clubs these are two clubs that are playing much better than anybody anticipated and of course you had Shakiri who got injured mm-hmm. hopefully it's not too bad so this was a and, and it was on Twitter and you know it was it was nationally televised uh, broadcast and this was an excellent opportunity for either team to attract some of that national audience and grow their fan base outside of their, you know, um, respective areas. And so the fact that it was such a horrible weather and, and the way the game played out, it just feels like a really bad, a, a really lost opportunity for both teams. And i that's, that's one thing that I, you know, kind of sad me. It's like, man, wouldn't have been great if the weather was better and, and these teams, you know, wrestled and dazzled us with some stuff, but instead we got to see what we got yeah. to see. And, and, and like I said, it just feels like a missed opportunity for both clubs. The winner of this match, if there was a winner or even if it was, you know, a couple of score scored on both sides would have definitely, I think improved their profiles. Yeah.
0: And I, I just one last thing I'll say that Franco Hara does not look even 45 minutes fit. And I think that that might be slightly... Like, people were saying, nah, he should stay on. But, like, by halftime, I wanted, like, Khalil or someone more energetic on the field. He... When he gets the ball, he's a good target forward. Plays a little bit of a false nine by, like, dropping a little bit. But he doesn't... He doesn't... Like, he does those, like, 15 minutes of pressing. That's about it. I just... Yeah, if if it, when Jesus doesn't play, he's our backup. That's slightly worrying, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I All
1: think right. that I gotta agree that that's worrying that we don't have a third option. That I mean, let's face it, there is no third option behind those two, and, and that's one thing the team needs to address in the summer window.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good. We'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on that and we'll see how that unfolds. I mean, it's still a little early in the season, but and we. Uh, but and so some guys may still be getting fit. You know, Frank O'Hara did start out the season injured, so maybe he's still on that that course. But yeah, I agree. I kind of want a little bit more from him. But we're also seeing this uh, aging striker who um, had already had a lot of miles on his legs before coming to Dallas. So hasn't ever looked very spry. Um, so if you if you if you know the address of the Fountain of Youth, send it to Frisco. All right. Other, Also elsewhere in MLS Next Pro, North Texas, SC came away with two points. That's right, two points. We're still wrapping our heads around that. I didn't even process it. So I thought the rule change in MLS Next Pro was that if the game ends in a draw, it goes to shootout, and of course the winning team gets three points. So like there were going to be no draws. But no, there is still a draw. You still get a point if the game ends 1-1 as it did with North Texas and Tacoma Defiance. But then there's still a shootout where you get a point if you win the shootout. So North Texas came, won the shootout, came away with a two-to-one uh, um, effort there. Two-to-one, two, to one, two uh, well, two points. Sorry, and uh, really interesting match. And I will continue on my my soapbox that Antonio Carrera is legit. I like this kid and goal for North Texas, and he had a great save on the penalty kick uh, early on. Which, which helped North Texas secure that extra point, which is going to be huge in this MLNX next pro season. Otherwise, a, a goal from uh, Bernard Comungo. Cam- a really nice goal. Uh, also a game with tough weather conditions. Uh, Jose, what were your takeaways from this match?
1: All in all, an excellent performance on the road for North Texas. I mean, this is the same Tacoma team that... that- Uh, put four on an RSL team that's similarly built, although slightly younger than North Texas. So there was the concern that they would be just too big, too physical Um, against, against uh, real Monarchs. They started eight senior team members against Mm -hmm. North Texas. They, they started six, but even their players that they have signed to the, to their roster are still, we're talking grown men, you know, at least college senior age or older, so I mean this is a very mature team, a very physical team. They were at home, and and uh, honestly, uh, a point, two points is a fantastic result because this is Tacoma is a playoff caliber team, and and, and getting a point on the road against that kind of team. It's a huge confident boost for a North Texas team that, by the way, isn't even a hundred percent yet. They're still missing Nikki Hernandez, who would be a starter alongside Waldeck and Ferry if he was healthy. And also uh, the kid from, from Byron who would probably be the starter at, at the, at the uh, nine. So I'm not saying that they're guaranteed starters, but they would at least be rotational starters with North Texas does like to rotate their players. So Excellent, excellent. Um, I'm very excited for where I start from the team. The defense improved slightly. That had a lot to do with uh, uh, the fact that they sent our number six pick overall, Bartlett, down to start. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, yeah, the, the camera wasn't all that great, and and they still had their shaky moments. They still had them, but like I said, getting get only allowing one goal on the road. They they. They scrambled back good, and you can still see that the defense is, is still going to be a headache. Going forward,
0: yeah. I mean, I think the biggest improvement was Bartlett, and I mean, he's not MLS level, but my God, it, like the drop off from him to um, Amadoume is insane. Because like Bartlett is, he's he's he's, he's very, position like aware he 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 doesn't like get too out of position he does have defensive gaffes and i think that that was highlighted by people who were watching preseason early on that were worried that he wasn't mls level but i mean i think i think he's definitely uh better than Amidume and i think he's better than nice so i think again i i think at some point like realistically waldeck's going to continue starting right because he's the captain but mm-hmm. i th- i think when time goes on um, when they want to have Ferry on the field and nicky and santiago ferreira because santiago ferreira continues to play pretty well he like he still needs to develop he's playing pretty well um, it's going to be very difficult like i don't think like waldeck will probably play but it's good to know that they have other veteran Players, uh, that that can play because uh, Bartlett's 24, and he's I don't think he's ever going to be an MLS starter, but he can be again, a, an MLS next lifer or a USLC lifer, and I think he'll give a lot of leadership to the team.
1: Well, I want to say that that, he, like you said, he does make his mental gaps, but that's when you see that that speed and athleticism come into play, where his recovery. Looks really yeah. excellent. And, and I think that's, you see why they drafted him, Where they're like, hey, you know, if if maybe given a year under our system, we can get this guy to minimize those, then he can be a solid backup at the MLS level. And, and, and maybe that's a low ceiling. Maybe they hope it is higher. But I mean, a lot of the negatives we hear about him are the same negatives we heard from uh, Tafari when he was taken now mind you to younger and has a higher ceiling but you see you see why the team likes him you know they, they they wanted a player that they're like hey this guy has the tools if we can get him polished up he could help us this year where we think the other guys will need a full year before they can help us even though they may have higher ceilings so i i think that's that's what they went with i also want to point out that uh uh, Santi Santi Ferreira is a play. another player that was actually has been really talked down as a as a prospect where people have been unimpressed by him and whatnot. But here he is. He started two games and he actually looked better this game than the previous game. Hmm. And that's just a kid getting comfortable with being a pro, which is one thing that, that I don't think FC Dallas gets a lot of credit for. People will talk about, you know, the drop in talent in the academy, this and that. But they have an established pathway, and, and they're constantly pushing players, putting them at higher levels than maybe they're ready for, saying, hey, if you're too good at at U17s, then you're not going to play U17s anymore. We're bumping you up. We're going to find where you're going to stall, and then you have to. We got to get to see you push through that to see if you can get to the next level. And that's what they're doing with uh, Santi. And uh, he's looking good right now. It's only two games, but hey, that's two starts. And he showed improvement. And I think that's that's one thing that that Dallas doesn't get credit for. Is they even if people don't think they have the best talent to the Academy anymore, they seem to have this down where they can push players and and and, and push them to get to a higher level.
2: Good stuff. Good stuff. A lot to I lot love- to watch for. And and of course I, I find it <laughs> funny that yeah, our, our number six super draft, draft pick is now.
1: But, yeah, but him and Parker, Parker's there too, but they, they need Parker minutes, right? Good. You know, I mean, looked they, they need minutes because Martinez is playing really good, and Bartlett's not going to get in ahead of Tapari. Mm-hmm. And then you've got uh, Parker can't get in because Farfine is playing so good. So, I mean, it's understandable, and, you know, hopefully once U.S. Open play shows up, they'll get starts and, and get a shot to, get more minutes further. I, I want to point out that I, I wrote down a little, my little MLS next pro top 10. I'll share it for you guys real quick. This is just right. my opinion. We're ready. All based right, we're on ready. the teams that are available, based on results. And uh, number 10 team is the Earthquakes 2. Really, really young team. They got a great academy, one of the top five academies. And these kids, they won- they had two road games and they won their first road game, uh, the only team last week that won, by the way. And uh, then on a short week, we're talking, they played like on Wednesday, and then they traveled and played Houston this weekend on short rest and almost got out of there with a draw. They lost, but but they were the better team, and Houston was very lucky to come out of there. The next team is Tacoma, who just lost. Uh, well they they drew against North Texas and mind you I think they're high of Tacoma and they're only this low because of results elsewhere I think they're a much better team and and they'll get to prove it uh next week I think they travel to St. Louis next week so uh very tough team uh Orlando City B actually is is my number 8 team I'm sh- I'm surprised at how well these guys are doing they've adopted the Pareja style of of you know Playing good defense, hitting you on the counter, and it's paying off. I mean, this is a team that that has consistently underperformed, uh, and it's been around, you know, in in multiple leagues and gone away because they've played so bad. So shocking that they're playing so good, but there's you're starting to see a little bit of Pereja magic seeping into the academy. So good for them. Dynamo is my number seven team, the only two-win team in the league, and that's because of home cooking and and weak matchups. So I'm not sold on this team yet, but I do believe they have a really tough match coming up. They got to travel to sporting Kansas city, which is a tough team. So we'll find out if the dynamo are for real right now, they are the only two in team in the league. Uh, then sporting Kansas city is six uh, solid team. They have, they, they have mm. a, they've stocked their roster well, and so far the results show it. Um, Union 2 is my number five team. They've only played one game and they look great. They got a great academy. Uh, they were supposed to play Inter Miami, which is another highly rated team. That got moved. They'll be playing Wednesday and I will be watching that game because the winner of that game, if there is a winner, is probably your number one team in the league. Those teams are two very good young teams. The kind of teams you want to see in this league, by the way. Number four is Revs 2. They've, they're another solid team. Uh, they play good defense. They don't let, they don't beat themselves and then they are opportunistic on offense and they crushed Rochester three one. So looking good. I got North Texas SC as number three. Maybe that's a little home cooking me, but I think very highly of the team. Uh, I think they can be leapfrogged by other teams. If other teams, uh, you know, get certain wins and whatnot. Inter Miami is my number two team. I tons of talent on this team. They play very uh, – uh, uh, they used to be a very helter-skelter team la- in last year, even though they have a ton of attacking talent. This year they they've, they play more defensive-minded, hit you on the counter. They have so many weapons. Uh, just think of a North Tex- – they're like similar to North Texas, in all honesty, but with better defense. Mm. And then, uh, of course, number one is until proven wrong. It's St. Louis. I mean, their team is just ridiculously old. To be playing <laughs> they have to be playing in the reserve league there's players on this team about eight of them that are going to be on the senior roster next year and it's going to be even more ridiculous when they get their incoming summer guys i mean uh st louis they have no depth by the way no depth their entire depth is all 17 year old 16 year old kids so as long as they're healthy they're the number one team
2: all right, right. you're already here first that's some good stuff and um, Cluing us in onto MLS Next Pro. All right, let's close out the show by getting into the other big draw. And I, of course, went to uh, went uh, went and watched the draw live as Qatar 2022 as the groups were drawn. The little the little bouncy balls were 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 selected, and uh, was excited. Was excited. And of course, there was all this dancing and all this stuff beforehand. Of course, they got to do all that kind of stuff. Uh, but how are we feeling? I think. Uh, I'm throwing up on the screen right now, the final draw. Uh, Of course, USA fell into group B and, uh, against England, which is a team that is very, very good, but we know too, that we can get in their heads because historically, uh, the USA has, has had some success in a lot of ways against England. Anyway, uh, but that's uh, then Iran, which is a good team too. I think it's easy to say oh right that's an easy win but but I've been pushed back against by Ishmael and, and others that no this is a team that's legit and a Euro playoff spot which could go a lot of different ways could be pretty tough for the US could also be a kinder matchup but any regardless, I think uh, I think the question is is Group B a group of death? I don't think so, right? I don't think any of us think that's true. No. That it's it's tough as say, uh, maybe uh, what where, where, what is the group group E? I mean, for example, which is going to be a tough one. Yeah, that's the, my opinion. The
1: the toughest group there is. Which I'm one? Glad we did that. That's which one? Spain, Spain, Germany. B? Wait, Japan. I couldn't hear you. What? No. Group E. E. Group e that's oh. yeah.
0: I don't think that's a that's a group of death. It's Spain and Germany. They're going through,
1: and Japan. Japan is actually, I mean they they're the top team out of Asia. In theory, yes. in theory, they shouldn't be able to beat Spain and Germany. But, I mean, for a third team, that's a very dangerous team. <laughs> who who would you I, think, I Ishmael? Is my opinion. Uh, who's who do you think is the group of death? I mean,
0: I think the group of death is probably group a because i can see all of those teams going through qatar because they're the hosts and also they were looked pretty decent at that tournament that they played here in north america ecuador is always very consistent they're very like they they have talent in most positions uh senegal is the best team in africa currently and Netherlands is a very very strong european side. I really don't know who to pick out of that group. Like when when I think about group of death, it's that all of the teams are like decent because there's there're no it's almost rare it's very rare for like a group to have like top like top teams world world possible world championship champions teams um i think another one that you could possibly make the argument for is maybe group c because i mean argentina We i was thinking that too yeah argentina is probably going through um and probably poland but it's like mexico if they don't make it out of the group that's quite historic they've made it out of the group the last couple of world cups they're very good or at least they have been um group f ben just said group f that's a very decent shout because belgium and croatia are both very good teams but canada just won Concacaf and Morocco is my home country, and they are very good at grinding out results. They have mm. very good attacking talents and very decent defensive side. Midfield's kind of bad, but I mean, they're the, like honestly, there isn't there isn't a group that I'm looking at honestly that I could make a legitimate claim of who goes through besides Group E, which is why I was kind of surprised you guys said that. Yeah, okay. I think it's Spain and Germany. I-
1: and and mind you i'm glad that you bring up all these other groups because the group no one's bringing up is group b and i want to point that that just shows you that as far as groups go it's a manageable group for the usa now forget everybody's anxiety about how we're gonna fuck it up or anything like that the point the question is if they play well could they make it out of this group and i say yes if they play well this is a group that they can advance out of and so in my opinion It's a good draw for the U.S. And, and, uh, of course, we'll get to the anxieties later. But I think you have to be pretty happy about the group that we landed on compared to the other groups, which look far more dangerous than Group B.
0: Yeah, I mean, with Group B, uh, I think... So the teams that are for the Euro playoff are Ukraine, Scotland, and Wales. Um, Yes. Man, if Wales or Scotland makes it, then that game versus England is going to be very, Natural. very tense. Um, if Ukraine makes it, they are now on a world stage where they can, where they will push everything on because of what's happening currently. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think country spirit is, is a legitimate factor in these games. Yes, um, so the U S doesn't have an, Easy group per se. Um, I think the victory against England is s- certain because they're the weakest team of the group, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I, like, the other two teams are very difficult teams that we have to play yeah. at our highest levels no, for us
1: to. Get. I and I agree they're difficult, but I'm just saying they're not. They're not certain losses or God. I hope we can get a draw. Though they're not those kind yeah. of games, so. It will come down to making the right choice on the roster and making the right th- I mean, Burhalter is going to have to make sure he does not get out coached yeah. in those games. And that's yeah. honestly, that's yeah. the yeah. biggest concern
2: for the team.
0: Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, if we take Tim Reem, then yeah, maybe we have something to worry about.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, yeah uh, good, good. Well, and I just like, I, you know, yeah, for me, like, um it's, it's thinking through those situations. Like when U.S. played Germany in the last World Cup eight years ago, Tim Howard had to sort of basically stand on his head one of the great goalkeeping performances in a U.S. kit. Where that was the, the, Belgium. Oh, Belgium. Sorry, thank you. Where, uh, where pretty much like yeah, the other Belgium players like applauded Tim after the game, was just amazed by his performance. It, like the thing is, you don't want to go into your group and think like, we have to play at this insane level, this you know world beater level, just to hope to get a result here. You want to be able to go in and be like, "Hey, we just need to play well. We need to play strong, you know and, and, and we have a chance. If we just play well, we, we're not all standing in our head and playing the greatest game of our lives, we can come out of this group with results. We can advance. And I think that's Group B. still going to be very tough. They're going to have to play well. And there's no gimme, I don't think so. And there's a lot of storylines in this group. And of course, we know England has had a history of, of stinking it up on the level, uh, on the World Cup level. And they may very well, you know, you just never know. But uh, USA still has got to put something together. But you'd rather have that scenario than, hey, we're going to be hoping for a hail mary every game, you know, a phenomenal yeah. world class shot just to be able to get a chance to tie the game or to uh, or, or to get three points. So. Yeah. It, Gonna be an interesting definitely an interesting draw um
0: i think group b is definitely the most politically heavy group
1: i was about to say yeah, that <laughs>
0: yeah yeah cuz it's like it's i think probably i'm not counting out ukraine cuz they're very good um but it's probably going to be scotland or wales and that's their first world cup in a while um and then iran versus US. And also yes, they only really won two games at World Cups. One was the last World Cup against Morocco and their other win was in nineteen ninety eight against the US. So I mean like when people say that politics doesn't exist at the World Cup, yeah it does. Like these, these games are like it's very representative of our country. So we have to they have to be like we can't have a, a game where Pulisic plays like a black hole, and just gets the ball, dribbles, and loses it. We can't really have a game like that in Group B. It has to be top performance,
1: like an 8 out of
0: 10 from everybody.
1: And we can't have a game where our backline players are giving away the ball in in their own side, which we saw multiple times, and we're lucky to, to not get punished. You'll get punished at this level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you will. And uh, of course, this can be a different environment. Qatar is different than a lot of other venues. Um, it's just, there's going to be a lot that's going to be very interesting about it. And especially with COVID going on, who knows what that's going to mean to players start testing positive and hopefully not. Hopefully everything's simmered down by then. But, uh, you know, just there's a lot of those, those scenarios. So that's why I think there's a benefit to the US in this World Cup of that we we can we can send a fairly deep squad with a lot of flexibility. When you got guys like Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, uh, you know, who can play different positions and give you some quality all over the place, uh, if if someone has to be unavailable. Uh, but it's it's gonna be tricky. It's gonna be tricky. So yeah, I didn't come away thinking like this is a cupcake group. I don't think there is a cupcake group at this level. It's really uh, that would be really difficult, but uh, to to find that scenario. But the U.S. has a chance, and they can put together some strong performances and 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 have a chance to to go forward. It's gonna be exciting to watch. Yeah. Well, good. All right. When it's early, of course, it's early. There's a lot that can happen. I mean, that's one of the other scenarios that I'll be curious about. Is like who is in form in about five months, right? When when this is coming when these four months or so, when these, these uh, 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 teams are going to be selected, who on the U.S. roster right now is going to be in a different and more positive club situation, particularly yeah. like a Reggie Cannon? Um, I mean the
0: one that impacts us is if Pepe continues to not score, um, Does is Jesus the starter? Like, Because I think... I mean, right now he's not, but, I mean, if Pepe – we hope Pepe gets informed. It's Pepe, but if he doesn't get informed and Jesus has, like, uh, 20 goals in a season, does he start? Because if he starts at the World Cup, he goes – He goes. we get another $20 million, right? I mean, I think that's the likelihood. People were saying that think- $20 million is too high, but, I mean – he gets a World Cup, like that. That's why a lot can happen between right. now and then. I mean, there's a non-zero chance that Paxton gets called up. I think it's pretty close to zero, but it's it's not entirely improbable. So I mean, it just we there's the core of like ten, eleven players that I think are like guaranteed to get called up: the six, the McKinneys, the Adams. Um, but. I mean, everything else is really up for grabs, and I mean, it re- i mean, it really depends on form and performances in the next. I think we have f- four or five. No, I think it's just four um, inter- international windows where we play friendlies. I think until Qatar. So I mean, that's mm-hmm. like probably like eight games where players get to show who they are. We have the yeah. Nations League. It's, yeah. this is, this is crunch time for a lot that 12 to 23 roster spots. And like, whether you make it to the biggest stage in in, in world soccer or not.
1: And uh, I'm glad you brought up Jesus, you know, Jesus can do a lot to improve or hurt his value from now to the world cup. And, and I think I'm not going to say 20 million, but I think, if at the end of the year he performs well for club and country, I think it would be reasonable to have similar expectations of what the original thought we were going to get for Pepe, which is around 15, 10 to 15. And then hopefully you get a team that uh, either a bidding war or a team that's overzealous and overpace. And I think that's would be ideal. You know, I'm hoping, you know, I'm more concerned with him ha- having a great club season <laughs> uh than 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 the world cup but if he's if he's a starter for the u.s come world cup it's because he's had a great season
2: yeah yeah a lot to see as this unfolds as ben says maybe the rosters will be a little bit bigger to make space for those anticipated covid <laughs> kinds of things it could be and i mean it's going to be interesting
1: no uh, no do not give burr halter more players to tinker with no no more tinkering settle on your starting 11 figure out who your who your uh guys that are key reserves are that need to you know synchronize
2: yeah i agree i agree all right well good well let's leave it there tonight Uh, thank you everybody for joining us thanks ben for all of his his comments and things tonight Thanks, man um, kind of a, a, a strange weekend a lot of a lot of draws not not always a lot to talk about after a zero0 draw away but um, we had plenty and especially with again the USA picture shape uh, sh- you know shaping up for the World Cup it's an exciting time to be a soccer fan and we have a lot more soccer this weekend by the way uh
1: both FC Dallas and North Texas play Colorado this weekend although it's not a double hitter they scheduled, of course, the, the Dallas game on Saturday and the uh, NTX game is on Sunday. I don't know why hey, they did it that way. Of, yeah,
0: we get the return of Barrios, um, Acosta, and Acosta. We got the two Acostas and Barrios coming back to town.
2: That's right.
1: And and not the Acosta-Acosta that, that's in the national team, but the other Acosta guy. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah Acosta, like... Kellen left. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, he went
1: to L.A. Yeah, I just wanted to point that out. But yeah. yes, yes, we I'm, get few yeah, yeah. like, yeah, but Acosta is, is coming oriented.
2: back. That's right.
1: All right, I, I think hope. we can. I think we can get a win. By the way, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely yeah. th- picking three points. Yeah,
2: definitely. If they can keep this home cooking going, no, I, I, I agree because Colorado's still. They just don't have a striker. I mean, it's I wish we could pawn Frank O'Hara off to them, but um, But they're a solid team. I mean they're they're a solid they're team. Well coached. Yeah.
0: Everything but the striker is like set yep. for them. They're everything but that is good.
2: All right. Well let's leave it there. Good night, everybody. Thank you. And of course good night. remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you find podcasts. Good night, everybody.
1: Good night, guys. Good night. Good night as well. Nathan.